0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Some encouraging news from the uh, the federal government. Uh, the federal government is announcing new support for Canada's pandemic-battered airline industry. I mean, these guys have really taken a beating. Uh, the uh, minister of charge, uh, Mark Gordone, made the announcement, uh, but said there are some, well, some caveats to this. Greg Strong has the details. Transport Minister Mark Garneau laid out the requirement as he announced that Ottawa is ready to respond to the sector's desperate pleas for federal assistance by launching talks later this week. Canada's commercial airlines have been hit hard by COVID-19. Passenger levels are down by as much as 90%. That has prompted airlines to furlough hundreds of pilots and technicians and discontinue dozens of regional routes since March. They've also cancelled numerous pre-booked trips, offering passengers credits or vouchers instead of refunds. Many Canadians have since expressed anger over not getting their money back. Greg Strong, the Canadian Press. So is this enough and is it going to get the industry back? And uh, what about the consumers, the passengers who also have been getting a raw deal out of this? Joining our conversation is Dr. Gabor Lukacs, who was a, a strong advocate for air passenger rights for many, many years now. Uh, Gabor, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us again today.
1: Good morning. It's a pleasure being with you again.
0: Let me ask you uh, with the, the opposition parties, of course, are saying, uh, you know, this is too little, too late, and they, they should have acted on this a lot sooner. Uh, give me your assessment on what the government's proposing at this stage.
1: So far, we have not seen any specifics. What we are seeing is some promises, both to passengers and to the airlines. But when we think in terms of specifics, I would like to hear Minister Garneau. Support bill c-249 which is an opposition private member bill that would enshrine in a declaratory legislation passengers fundamental rights to a refund
0: uh, Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that but they really haven't moved that much in that direction have they
1: well private member bills do take a long time to go through parliament however if there is a genuine support for this from the government then they can fast track it and even if it is a private member bill uh, if the government is willing to cooperate it can be brought to a second reading very swiftly and then to the transport committee very swiftly so it 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 can if there is a will then it can be turned into a law within matters of days or weeks
0: maybe for those who may not be aware of this, I'm sure there's not a lot of people listening to the show right now that may be actually be in this circumstance, uh, but the impact that this has had on passengers uh, because of the of the pandemic, because uh, not too many people are flying these days, and because of the money that they're losing, uh, the airlines have canceled an awful lot of flights that uh, people had already booked and paid for in situations like this. And uh, and the I guess the, the point of, of conflict here is... Uh, they're not getting the money back. Uh, the airlines apparently are offering vouchers. In other words, we'll give you credit for the next time you want to fly, uh, which is not really, I think, what that's certainly not what you've been advocating for for years and certainly not what the private members bill is, is looking for.
1: It is not what the law says that passengers are entitled to. Passengers are entitled to a refund to the original form of payment and a fundamental right to that that has already been the law for the past 16 years. What this private member bill bill uh, will achieve is to have it declared for clarity to put an end to the airlines' bogus claims that they can do what they are doing. Uh, the the most unfortunate part is that until recently, the transfer minister seems to have been supporting the airlines providing vouchers and have been referring to a, a completely Uh, unofficial non-legally binding statement issued by the federal regulator which also purports to support the provision of vouchers even though the law is clear that airlines have to provide a refund Mm -hmm. so the entire uh, way that the government seeks to to portray what is happening now is misguided because what has to happen what has to come is law enforcement the law has been and remains that, air, that airlines have to provide a refund when they cancel a flight for any reason, not just reasons within the airlines' control. It can be even an earthquake, a pandemic, whatever. If they don't deliver the services they have been paid for to deliver, they have to give passengers back the money in the original form of payment. That That's, but, a, that's a no-brainer.
0: But so what's the rationale? Right. Yeah, go ahead.
1: The other one I was trying to coach this as you know as a kind of special achievement, mm-hmm. but actually... What would need to come is just law enforcement and possibly quite heavy fines for airlines and airline executives who support what the airlines have been doing so far.
0: But but what's the rationalization on behalf of the airlines here? Are they just saying are they crying poor and saying we can't afford to do that now because of of the money we've already lost?
1: It's hard to hard to understand the airlines arguments, to tell you the truth. I don't I don't quite understand what they're saying because you have Air Canada which is about to buy um, WestJet and they are still claiming that they, that it would be very difficult for them financially that's also what the minister was saying in the past they also claim uh, falsely without any evidence that they don't have to refund tickets that are labeled non-refundable which is uh, really a misunderstanding or or actually a misrepresentation of what a non-refundable ticket means a non-refundable ticket is one that if you as a passenger Decide not to travel, then they don't have to refund it. But there is no such ticket in the world that the service provider would be allowed to not deliver the services and pocket the money at the same time. That that's that's a that's a non-existent construct in business.
0: It's, yet it seems to be what they're hanging their hat on. And and like you say, if you can get away with it, why wouldn't they try it? I guess
1: the trouble is not simply with the airlines, but rather with the federal government that yeah, has exactly. been allowing airlines to, to, to do this.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, you turn your back on that and just say, well, maybe this is going to fix itself. I mean, the, the legislation is there. The, the penalties are already there, too. As you mentioned a minute ago, it all comes down to enforcement. There's another element to this, too, though. Uh, the situation, the predicament that many of these passengers find themselves in now is because uh, the airlines have actually canceled some, some routes, not just some flights, uh, some is the government going to insist that they reestablish those, I and mean, in other words, get people back up in the air, flying again? Uh- Because, I mean, this is a decision, I understand, the economic crisis that they're facing. They're not the only industry that's been impacted by COVID, we get that. But when you cancel the opportunity for people to fly in the first place after they've already booked a ticket and putting them in a precarious position like that, I mean, they're they're, they're hurting their own situation and the chances of recovery become less and less by the airlines themselves because of those canceled routes and canceled flights.
1: I think part of the problem is that the airlines are undermining their credibility in the eyes of the public, and a traveling public in particular, by these practices. So if now someone had to travel urgently for truly urgent reasons to Europe, I suspect they are more likely to take a Delta flight than Air Canada flight, even if it means you have to um, have some connection to the United States, because on a Delta flight, if they have canceled the flight, likely you are going to get the refund. That type of of loss of credibility and loss of of, um, goodwill from the public will take uh, quite a long time to regain for Canadian airlines. In terms of the route cancellations, though, on that point, I'm not entirely uh, disagreeing with the airlines. It's very unfortunate for those people affected by those routes. And, you know, I'm here in Halifax, and if all of a sudden, say, Halifax was not served by any airline because of economic reasons, I would feel quite bad because I don't know how I would go and visit my family. However, on a practical and business um, level, the, the airlines are not a charity. They have to obey the law, which for example, requires them to provide refunds, but they cannot and should not be expected to operate routes at a financial loss unless they are able to get money to cover those losses from some source. I'm not persuaded at this juncture that it actually makes sense now to reinstate those regional routes or to keep those regional routes. Certainly the workers who work for the airlines should be m- maintained as workers and that and may require some federal assistance to ensure that the expertise and the, and the capacity remains there. But until such time as we have the mass population of Canada vaccinated, and we have a number of safeguards in place, not just vaccination, but quick testing, a whole network of safeguards to ensure that we don't get another outbreak, I don't think that it makes much sense to try to operate routes which operate at loss and, uh, you know, an airplane that has 10, 20, 30% of its capacity.
0: It's a valid point, but on the other hand, uh, when they do this, and, and you know, if you're a passenger that's been impacted by this, you're going to think this is done in an arbitrary fashion. I, I get that, but they're eroding h- consumer confidence in it, aren't they? In other words, am I, am I going to book a flight right now on Air Canada if I'm not absolutely, positively sure that they're actually going to use that flight? they may cancel it, and then I'm going to be stuck in the alerts like this. You're absolutely—we're going to go someplace else if, in fact, you have to travel. Uh, and and that's that's making Canada's bad situation even worse. But they're doing it to themselves.
1: And and that's that's an important point. So I I see nothing untoward about cancellation of regional routes. But if you have already sold the tickets as an airline, you have to reprotect passengers. You have to rebook them on flights of other airlines. You have to refund them if they choose no longer to travel. Now, that's actually a measure that should have happened right at the beginning, right in in March two thousand and twenty. People should have been told, if you want to cancel, here's your money. You don't have to travel. Because uh, even right now, I'm hearing stories. It's, it's not a, a evidence, but it's more like a uh, anecdotal le- level that people are afraid uh, that they may be prevented from traveling and lose their money because they are displaying symptoms of COVID-19. And from a public health perspective, people should feel secure with their money and should know that if they have any reason related to public health for not traveling, they would just get back their money and be be allowed to be off the hook, so to speak, uh, because that encourages people to more cooperate with public health authorities, which is another aspect. We have to remember that airlines are very important. They're important. Travel industry is an important sector in Canada, but it is not the only economy. You know, Canada has many other sectors, Mm -hmm. and we cannot afford destroying all the other businesses for the sake of, keeping the airlines afloat. That's not an acceptable outcome either.
0: Well, we'll see how the negotiations go in the next couple of days. Uh, Gabor, always a pleasure to get your perspective on this. Thanks so much for the time today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Take care. Dr. is of course, air passenger uh, advocate who's been fighting for years now uh, and and pressuring the federal government uh, to be uh, more stringent with uh, the the rules that are already in place and, of course, the enforcement of those rules at the same time. So how are consumers going to be protected, and uh, and is this move by the government actually going to be helpful to them? I want to bring Ian Jack into the conversation. Uh, Ian Jack, of course, is the Managing Director of Communication and Government Relations with CAA National. Uh, Ian, thank you for the time today. I'm glad you could join us.
2: All oh, Bill, it's my pleasure.
0: Well, you guys of course have got a you got you you got, you know, something in the game here. I mean, you guys are in the you've antied up on this because CAA of course is one of the largest retailers of vacations uh, anywhere in 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 Canada and uh, I know so many people that use CAA to book their trips. Uh, and you've got a lot of unhappy customers, not you personally, but I mean because of the airline situation, are you hopeful uh, and encouraged by what the government's proposing at this stage?
2: Well, look, we're we're hopeful in the sense that, that what's remarkable, I think, about yesterday's announcement is that it says black and white under the name of a minister in the government that not a penny will go to the airlines unless consumers uh, get their refunds. So uh, it's going to be very hard for them to weasel out of that now. Um, hopeful, yes. Um, you know, is this a fait accompli? No, because what they've announced is they're going to start negotiations with the airlines. And negotiations can can always go awry, right? The carriers may say... Forget it. Your conditions are too stringent. We don't want the money. Um, The government may not offer enough. We don't know how that's going to go, and it'll be behind closed doors. But we at least have, for the first time, a public on-the-record commitment that people should get their money back for flights that were cancelled through no fault of their own. And, you know, you're quite right as a we're a non-profit but we're also a business right? We you know, sure. and we, we try to at least break even in everything that we do and um, our travel agents have just been doing uh, yeoman service for a as has anybody else in the travel business right? There's no revenue coming in if you think about it to any travel agent anywhere whether they work for us or not because nobody's booking travel um, and yet you've got all of these uh, uh, you know disgruntled people and fair enough they should be disgruntled if they didn't get their money back um, and the travel agent again whether they work for us or not is, is stuck in the middle, right? It's not uh, its not our money. We can't give it back. It's for the carriers have it. Um, and uh, so it's been a real challenge throughout the piece, for sure.
0: Well, and this, there's been a lot of pushback uh, to, to the industry itself. And, and I'm talking globally, not just here in Canada. Yep. And as you know, Ian, uh, you know, the U.S. Department of Transportation and the European Commission are very stringent about this and say, you know, they, they get their money back. That's all there is to it. And there's compliance uh, in those areas. Why, why in Canada is, are we so lax about this?
2: This is a very good question. Uh, we don't understand either. We started pushing back in March, as did Gabor, as did a bunch of other people, and, and individual Canadians. Uh, we know that there were thousands of letters and calls into MPs' offices. Uh, there were petitions with tens of thousands of names on them online. There were people like ourselves going into meetings with polling and with all kinds of other information to talk to government to push them on this. Uh, and yet they didn't budge for months and months and months. And we're now in a situation where some people have been giving what amounts to an interest free loan to an airline to help keep them afloat, uh, for six months. Uh, you know, very generous of all of these uh, poor people out here, out there, many of whom, uh, you know, they've, they've lost hours, they've lost their job outright, they're trying to run a small business uh, that's not making any money. And meanwhile, thousands of dollars of cash sitting in the airlines, uh, banks and not in theirs. Uh, very unfair to people. Um, you know, we did like, we have some sympathy for the carriers to the extent that, um, they've been smacked upside the head in a way that very few industries, uh, ever have, if you think about it. I mean, maybe the banks at the start of the depression or something like, you know, had such a seismic shock and just the money evaporated on them, the business model evaporated on them. But that's been their excuse for six months. They said, wow, we can't give this money back. We, we could go bankrupt. Um, we went in very early in March and April and said, you know what, uh, we get it. There's a there's a very short term crisis here. Maybe the carriers don't have to give back every penny on day one, but there needs to be a process to get people their money back over time. And that's, in fact, what the Europeans have done. Um, they've said, okay, you know, we get that you gave out credits in the spring, but if people don't use the credits within a prescribed amount of time, because they don't want to, you have to give them the cash back. There's at, least, at the very least, there's a deadline there to give people their money back. And so, again, at the very least, you could, you could plan your life a little bit about that, right? You could say, well, you know what? I have to wait a few months, but I know I'm gonna get $4,000 back on, you know, the calendar date X, I, I can arrange my finances, hopefully to, to hold me over to that point. But um, what we've had in Canada is just no word at all that you'd ever get your money back. And, and that's that's that uncertainty and that it, it's just not acceptable for people. Um, and again, what we finally got yesterday was a statement that it'll be very hard for the government to back out of at this point.
0: Because your point's well taken. I mean, everybody's been negatively impacted by this pandemic. We get that. And so many different aspects of business have been. Uh, but they've been accommodating as much as they could be, as, as you've mentioned. I mean, there's no live music anymore. I mean, you know, a whole lot of concerts yeah. were canceled because yeah. of this. And as a result, of course, uh, I, I know personally that they gave you an option. Uh, you, you can get your cash back or you can just hold on and, you know, we, we schedule yeah. this. Well, and I know more and more people now said, well, I want the money back because I don't know if we're ever going to get live music again in the next two years. So they had options. And, and you're it, right. It, your and it, unions gave it, them it, options.
2: You're quite right. It's a great example because for the concert companies, it did smooth out the payback. I mean, I yeah. think we understand if, that if somebody told the airlines that on March 20th, they had to pay out $200 million on that very day. <laughs> that would have been a big problem, but sure. indeed, in the concert industry, it's everybody kind of held on for a while, and now more and more people, just as you say, are saying, "Well, you know what? It might be a couple of years before I can go to a concert. I think I want to get the cash." It smoothed out the payback, and that again is the kind of system that some other jurisdictions, uh, like the Europeans, put into place, so that people are getting their money back, and there's no like again. I use the, the, the you know the, the example of the Great Depression. You did not have a cash run. on the airlines in Europe on day one. Um, The real reluctance in Ottawa appears to have been to offer any kind of bailout package to the carriers because uh, in the States, in Europe, they got bailouts with conditions attached. It's a lot easier if I'm offering you a massive loan bill to bail out your business to at the same time say, and by the way, we expect you to do these three things in return for the cash, one of which is (laughs) give people their money back, right? Uh, We didn't have that in Canada um and that's what this negotiation is going to start uh this week is is some kind of financial package for the carriers with conditions attached one of which is going to be getting people their money back you've got a lot more leverage when you do that and um i think the reluctance was more in the department of finance in ottawa that just didn't want to be offering up buckets of money, uh, which again, we didn't understand because, you know what, they've offered up buckets of money to lots of other industries. Um, And this is a pretty important one. As Gabor made the point, we'd make it as well. It, it, It binds communities. And uh, it's also about economic development eventually, right? You don't want the carriers to shrink to the point where it's hard for them to ramp up again whenever we can start traveling again in this in this country.
0: Well, it's going to be up to the federal government to stick their guns on this one, and we'll certainly be following Absolutely. the story. Well,
2: listen, he- we'll be watching. Deborah will be watching. You'll be watching, I know, Bill. And uh, <laughs> Like I said, we've got something we can wave in the air and bang, over, bang them over the head with, which is their own statement from yesterday. You betcha. Well, uh, we'll stay in touch,
0: Ian. Thanks so much for this today. Thank you. Thanks for your interest. Take care. You bet. Ian Jack, Managing Director of Communications and Government Relations for CAA. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.